Hello and welcome to Grace Life Duras. We are a gospel-centered church family focused on reaching the unreached and making disciples. We pray that this teaching will help you to grow in your relationship with Jesus and discover more of the reality of Christianity. Hello again, dear friend. Uh, welcome back to Grace Life Duras. And I'm excited once again to be getting into the word with you. Uh, if you've got a cup of tea, if it's winter there by your side or a cup of coffee, grab it. I have some water and tea and a notebook, a pen and a Bible as we're really going to dig into what God has for us today and look at part three of the series, Perfect Perspective. Uh, it's so, so important. So you can uh, grab your stuff, pause the teaching, grab your stuff, come back and let's start with prayer. Father, I want to thank you for um, the way we get to know you. I want to thank you for how we can see you, for who you really are, because you became flesh and dwelt among us. And Father, since then, you opened the way for us to know you fully, truly, for who you are. And there is no one like you, no one at all, not in all the earth, no one like you. Father, I want to thank you for your spirit who's ministering to us and we just want to welcome your presence, Lord, as you open up the scriptures to us and as we start to truly see you once again for who you are and what you do in our lives. Thank you, Father. Amen. Wonderful. So, um, why are we doing this series on perfect perspective? Well, because... I think none of us really wants to live a life where we realize at the end we never saw it right. We realize that there was so much more and we missed it simply because we failed to see it. None of us wants a dull business, a dull marriage, dull family and a dull purpose. You won't wake up to that in the morning, will you? And no one wants to be known as an unintelligent fool who struggles to believe. None of that sounds appealing, does it? Exactly. So when the disciples um, were walking on the road to Emmaus with Jesus, this is actually what he calls them. He calls them foolish men, which means unintelligent fool, and slow of heart to believe. You are struggling to believe. You are dull of mind, and because you're dull of mind, you are struggling to believe. None of us want to hear that from the, from the lips of Jesus. And we never will praise God when we um, continue to discover more about who he is. And that's exactly what happened. When the disciples finally saw Jesus for who he really was and for the work he actually came to accomplish on the earth, they became different people. They were not able to stay the same and they were not able to settle for the status quo or the normal life. Because of a revelation of who Jesus really was and who God is, and what the work was that had to be accomplished on the earth, they became completely different people. Now, I, for one, want what they had. I want more and more people also to experience that same thing. Why live a dull life if you can live an extraordinary life in the fullness of what God has for us? So turn with me to Luke 24. Uh, I've got the electronic Bible with me now. So you can just page to Luke 24 and we're going to jump right into the story. If you don't know the story yet, please go to Perfect Perspective, part one, where I go in detail through this account. But Jesus is now walking with his disciples. They're unable to recognize him. And um, 
day the crucifixion has happened and now some reports have come that Jesus, the tomb is open and Jesus is not there. And now he speaks to the men, they speak to him about, and they're quite sad about all the facts that have happened. However, his response to this is found in Luke 24, verse 25 to 27. He said to them, O foolish men and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary for the Christ to suffer these things and to enter into his glory? Then, beginning with Moses and with all the prophets, he explained to them the things concerning himself in all the scriptures. So from the last two weeks, you would realize by now that scriptures is not talking to about the whole Bible because they didn't have the whole Bible when Jesus was speaking then. What did they have? The scriptures and the scriptures were referring to Genesis to Malachi, what we know today as the Old Testament. Okay, and so he went to Moses. So he begins with Moses. Where does Moses begin? There's no book called Moses. Moses means all the writings of Moses, which is the first one, Genesis. From the very first book of the Bible, going through all the prophets, all the spokespeople of God, which there are many, he then explains all the things concerning himself. He does not explain all of the scriptures. He just explains all the things in the scriptures that refer to what he was going to um, do in his work as the Messiah, as the Redeemer, and as the Christ. Okay, so I'm going to focus today. You can catch that up with part one and two, but I'm going to look at a explained that word used where it says he explained to them the things concerning himself in all the scriptures now before i get into it i will say i might not be using a lot of other scriptures and i do prefer going to several scriptures but as i've said in part one and two we are building a sure foundation as we get into this because we want to go deeper but also we want to make sure that we understand it clearly and that we are convinced of what we believe because that brings true heart transformation that leads to life change. Okay, so the word explained in the original is to explain thoroughly. It's one of the words we could use, but also two words I really like. It can also mean to unfold the meaning of what is said. Okay, now an example of this, if you were ever small, you may have folded a paper plane. Okay. It's still, it's a piece of paper. It was always there. You just folded it. If someone wanted to pick it up and look, what is this? Maybe you put a little note in there. They had to unfold the paper plane and then the message inside would become clear or it would become clear that this is a piece of paper. So unfolding um, is what Jesus was doing. He was unfolding the message of the scriptures. What was the true point of it all? Another a meaning we can put in there that word explained is that he translated into their native language. Now, isn't that what we all need when we read the scriptures? I mean, how many times do we have to, and myself have to pray like, Holy Spirit, translate this into my language. And he is so good and faithful. He does. So to unfold what is already there means it's not new. We might call it new, the revelation. Oh, that's a new revelation. But that doesn't mean it wasn't there because the word revelation means to reveal that which is. So it was always there. It's just that now that we see it, the way God wants us to see it through the, the, the revelation word, the now word of God, now it becomes new to us. But it was always there. 
We are just unfolding it. Okay, we might that might mean that we have to look at it in a whole new way. It might mean that we need to let go of some previous ideas we had or ways we used to see things, which is good. Who wants to hold on to old ways of seeing it when you can really have revelation um, of the word that leads to greater fruitfulness in your life? Wouldn't that be amazing? Okay, and that is amazing. And so Jesus himself had to unfold and translate to those who followed him what happened. Why? Well, because what had happened was factual and true. The fact that Jesus was crucified, the fact that he rose from the dead, this is all true. The fact that they believed that he was the Messiah, the fact that he was mighty used, he was used mightily by God um, and as a prophet in mighty works and deeds. It's just a few, few scriptures before this. This is what they say about Jesus. It's all true. However, they remained without an explanation that resolved their doubts. And without that explanation, they would stay in that place where there's doubt, even though they had a lot of correct facts and information. They did not understand Jesus's full revelation, okay, or the full revelation of Jesus. So, how he does this is not by giving them some new revelation. He doesn't snap his fingers and they just, oh, understand something new. No, he goes back and he shows them who he was since the foundation of the earth. In fact, I believe if Jesus was here today or this was happening today, he would have said something like, boys, it's time to see how faithful your God really is. You remember all those promises that were made to you, even as early as Genesis, the first page of the creation he is true he is faithful yes i am everything you thought i was but i am also much much more i was and i am god taking on flesh the god who started it all in the beginning has not failed you now it's time to really start living whoa wouldn't that be amazing to hear that said to you today? Well, I'm saying it to you. And I want to tell you, Jesus was saying this more than 2,000 years ago to his followers. You need to hear this today because otherwise this becomes nothing more than theological truth. And that is so important. We need to live our lives from the correct theology. Otherwise, all we are left with is spiritual experience. And that will not at all grow you. Of course, we want to experience the fullness of God. Of course, we want to experience the supernatural. Of course, we should live in a place where we're constantly receiving from the Lord. But without theological foundation, it cannot grow you to maturity. I would love to go and show you all those scriptures. However, I am getting off my point. So my desire from this moment and from this teaching then is really to show you as you listen to this, what I believe Jesus was actually discussing with these two men walking with him that day. And I want to challenge you. If you still feel in, in some places like, actually, when it comes to the things of God, I am unintelligent. I am a bit dull. I don't understand these things that well. I struggle to un understand it and to explain it to others. In fact, you might be thinking to yourself, you know what? I hear you about God, but I struggle to believe. I'm slow to believe. Or... I don't know if God is faithful to really keep his promises. I want you to hear this today. This is the turning point. 
when we can see God in the scriptures clearly through Jesus for who he really is. Now, what will happen with you in your life is exactly what happened to these disciples in their life. They went from normal men, some of them were fishermen, some of them were tax collectors. They went from a nation that was oppressed by the Roman authorities. And these 11 men went and changed the world because of a revelation of who Jesus is and what he came to accomplish. So much we can say about that. You see, Hebrews 1 verse 3 is a challenge to us. Go to Hebrews 1 verse 3 and you will read it for yourself. It says, and he, Jesus, is the radiance of his God's glory the, and the exact representation of his God's nature and upholds all things by the word of his power, by Jesus's power. And when he, Jesus, had made purification of sins, Jesus, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, God. So what is he saying? What is the scripture saying? This is challenging. This is saying, hey, Jesus was more than what we thought. Jesus is the exact radiance, the replica the exact representation of God and his nature. What we cannot see in Jesus, we cannot see in God. And if we want to understand God from the scriptures, we have to see him through Jesus Christ and the finished work. So what does that mean? Well, that means when you think of all the stories maybe that you've heard of scripture, and maybe you're listening today and you're not a believer yet, and Maybe you're still trying to figure all of this out. I want to encourage you to keep on listening because Holy Spirit or God's Spirit is working right now through these words to help you understand so you may also see the beauty of salvation and receive it by faith and faith alone. But for those of you who know some of the scriptures, you might be thinking, if I say, think of the Old Testament stories that you know. You might think of creation, the flood, promise given to Abraham, Abraham's son, uh, who was the son of promise. Abraham's sacrifice, David, Goliath, Moses, and Egypt, all the plagues, the Passover lamb, the promised land, and Joshua, the sacrificial systems, the tabernacle of God, David's psalms, and the prophets' predictions. These are things that come to mind when we think of the scriptures. These are just a few. You see, but in and of themselves, they are all great accounts, and they hold great truths. But now Jesus has unfolded them to the believers, or let's say to the disciples. And today he's doing the same with us. And that's what we're going to get into into this series. It's going to be amazing. Okay. He was and he still is translating the message that those accounts carry for us so that we can start turning our lives from a condition of unbelief into the kind of life that walks away going, like what those disciples said, how our hearts burned within us when he explained the scripture to us. The same thing can be said for words or themes like these that we find in the scriptures, which is Genesis to Malachi. We find the words like salvation, God with us, redemption, Messiah, suffering servant, covenant, sacrifice, sanctification, blessing, curse, sin, faith, Holy Spirit, 
um, generational curses, anointing, communion, repentance, baptism, forgiveness, marriage, life and death, eating, not eating, righteousness. All these terms for the very first time find its full meaning in Jesus as Jesus is the very explanation for it all. You know, Jesus did not just say to his followers, listen, guys, you can just add me to your scriptures. He was saying, I have fulfilled them in Matthew. I did not come to abolish, but I came to fulfill. In another place in the word of God, we see that he is the end of the law. What does that mean? Not that the law is ended. He means he's the goal of the law, the end. The goal of the law is Christ. He is the one who makes us see clearly with perfect perspective who God is, what he is doing, and what he has done. Isn't this incredible? I am so excited. Okay, I am really excited. We're just at the start of this. I told you from, I think I did on the recording from the beginning that when I started to look at this, I felt that God's saying we're going to get stuck here for a long time. Hallelujah. Isn't that awesome? We're going to dig deep, you know. So uh, Jesus, what is Jesus saying? Jesus is telling us that in him, all things finally find their true meaning. And now through him, God can be fully known and experienced. So as we grow grow and go through the next few weeks, I believe that there will be uh, many experiences that we will have, but also that we will be able to experience what the disciples experienced when they said at the end of their journey with Jesus, how our hearts burned within us. Okay, so I want to close with this thought. You know, if you think of a fire burning something up, anything, maybe let's think of, of um, burning up all the, the uh, trees that maybe were cut down. Let's use that as an example. Okay, when that fire burns that up, the fire has a beautiful function of, first of all, burning up that which does not matter. So if there are in that fire, if there's rocks in that fire, if there's stones, if in that fire, if there's twigs and leaves and branches, what will burn up? You are right. What burns up in the fire is the twigs, the leaves, the branches, the things that don't matter. But maybe when you looked at it from the outside, there was a lot. It looked like a massive heap that had to be burnt. And yet because of the power of the fire, the nature of that fire burning, it burned away those leaves and twigs and um, branches as if it was nothing. However, let's imagine that in there, in that fire, um, or let me say this, let me finish this thought. There will be, and I believe even as I've experienced, there will be things through this teaching that you are going to have to struggle through, as I had to, and as I still do. Why? Because some of the things we were taught, or some of the things we experienced, or some of the things we've believed and held close to, although it looks great and it looks good, in the end, when it is burnt by the Holy Spirit fire within us, it just burns away because it carries no value. And it is not many times the truth that God wants you to have in your heart. However, 
Imagine that same fire now burning stones of precious value, burning gold. That fire has in itself also the ability to refine and bring forth that which is of great value. That which is, I want to say, eternal. Okay? And the result will be, when we listen to this, and I believe this is what I'm believing God for, as we go through this, walk through this, we are going to see how the the burning fire of God's truth, of God's word, is going to do a work in our hearts where it will burn away that which looks important. It might look big, but doesn't matter. And leave and remain the things which are pure gold, pure precious stones in our heart. And that will set your life up to be all that God wants to be in you and through you to the world. Okay, if you think about, if you want to read the rest of that account, the walk to Emmaus with the two disciples, you know, after Jesus explains to them the scriptures and then reveals himself to them and they see him, they say, did our hearts not burn within us as he was explaining the scriptures to us? And they had just walked a roughly 11.1 kilometers from where they were, Jerusalem, in the wrong direction. God had not, Jesus didn't say go to Emmaus ever. If you read the scriptures, you will say, go to Galilee. I will die, I will rise in three days time, I'll meet you in Galilee. So any case, different topic, another recording. But uh, they were going in the wrong direction with good intent. And the way they were going there was talking about a lot of facts about Jesus, a lot of truth um, that they have experienced because they experienced it. And yet the result was they were sad and Jesus takes it one step further. He called them unintelligent men and slow of heart. Dull is the word that's used there. You are dull of understanding because he, they couldn't see him for who he really, really was. But isn't our Lord so good that the very next line we read, he says, and he started, started with Moses. What did he do? He taught them. That's why teaching, correct teaching is so important. And what was the result? Well, at the end, after they say, did our hearts not burn within us? What do they do? In that same hour, they turn around and they take their body, their feet takes their body back to the will of God, back to other believers. And they, they report the good news about Jesus. You see, if you truly know who he is, you will really struggle to keep it to yourself. And the result of that is truly that they were never the same again. Now, their lives received a powerful meaning and purpose. And everything they did was about an eternal work. Isn't that incredible? Should that not be super exciting? I think it is. And so I want to bless you. I want to thank you for listening to this. Um, so let's pray. Oh, Jesus, how can we thank you enough? How can we ever thank you enough for the incredible power of your love? That you would be such a gracious father that in the midst of whatever is happening and whatever is causing us to maybe be dull in our belief and, and things like that and to be unintelligent in how we reason about you, father, that through your presence, your very presence, God, you show us that it's not necessary. Thank you that we do not need to perish for a lack of knowledge 
We don't need to be un unintelligent. We can be wise. We can have you burn within us the message and the truth and the revelation of who you really are. And there is no one like you. Father, I want to thank you for every person who's listening to this, that they will experience as those disciples did, the fire burning in their heart, saying, yes, I want to know you. As I am known, I want to know you. And I want my life more and more to look like you so that what you're doing in me, you can now easily do through me. Thank you, Father. Thank you for what you're doing right here, right now, in this moment, through these words, through these teachings. And I thank you for those who are listening who maybe stumbled across this and you're still struggling maybe to believe. Thank you, Father, for those hearts who've listened all the way to the end. And that you too may really understand that God's love has given you salvation, a way out and a way of freedom out of sin into a life connected to the source, God himself living in you in power, that you may receive salvation, which is by faith, and that you may know what it's like to say, I am forgiven of all, not because I deserve it, but because there was one who was willing to die in my place, one holy enough, one clean enough, that now I may receive that which I could never earn. I thank you, Father, for who you are. Amen. If you maybe prayed that prayer today for the first time, if you never received Jesus, please do contact us. And if you are um, in the area, please do come and visit us. We are in Duras, which is in Albania, Eastern Europe. Uh, we are always happy to see you. Have a great day. You can find more of our free teachings on our website, www.gracelife.co. And if you're ever in the Duras area, we invite you to join us for one of our gatherings. Our aim is to help you discover Jesus, find family, and experience life. To contact us or to find out where and when we meet, visit our website www.gracelife.co.